Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In el nombre de Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. For all you English onlys out there, I just said amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Open your Bible to start around 1 Corinthians 13, but there's no telling where we're going to go, if I'm being honest. I want to talk to you about kingdom culture tonight. Everybody say culture. You don't get to dictate what the culture of the kingdom is. That's not for you. That's for everybody online. You don't get to dictate what the kingdom's culture is like. You have the opportunity to become a part of it. But you don't get to walk in and change the culture of the kingdom of God. It is set. It is established. It was set before you and I, and it will be set after you and I. The kingdom has a culture. One of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest, one of the biggest struggles that people have, Christians, is finding the perfect church. And one of the reasons that they struggle so hard to find the perfect church is because they walk in as if their thought process is, is, is the grading mechanism for churches. Well, I like that church. But I don't like this, 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 and this. Oh, and these other things too. So you you end up never being planted, never being committed. You you get more committed to your Netflix series that you love than you do the house of the living God. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people online. Praise the Lord. Welcome to New Heights Church on a Wednesday night. I don't always talk like this, but I kind of do. You, 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 end up, you end up looking for, well, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this, I don't like that. I do like this, I do like that, I do like, I don't like this, I do like this. And, and you act like it's your job to weigh it. Your job is to find out where God wants you to be and then be there. That's your job. You work for God, God doesn't work for you. I'm talking about kingdom culture here. Kingdom, king's domain. Who in the world walks up to the king and tells him how it's going to be? This is insanity. The reason is, is because in the United States of America, we have the concept of a democracy. Well, the kingdom of God's not a democracy. Like we didn't vote on the Ten Commandments. We just said that's what they are. Because he said that's what they are. We didn't come up with them. It's not for the people, by the people. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The minute you think it's yours, you'll start thinking that every time you sneeze, you affected the ozone layer. (laughs) 
The minute you think it's yours, you'll start thinking everything you did is doing something to it. When the reality is the governance, the governing of the world is not on your shoulders. It's not on my shoulders. We ought to be respectful and all those other things, and we are. But at the exact same time, it's not on your shoulders. Your shoulders aren't that big. You can't carry this thing for five seconds, let alone from the beginning to the end. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the concept of the kingdom and the culture of the kingdom has to be what you aspire to be and change into, not what you come and try to change. Let, let me, let me just tell you how we do it where I'm from. Let me just say, well, why did you leave? There must have been something or you would have still been there. So why did you leave? Who cares how you did it, how you came from? We're all trying to do a new thing here because God says I'm going to do a new thing. We want to know what's it look like if people radically love people and point them to Christ. Radically. I've had people like, like when, when you, when, like I do a lot of personal evangelism because I don't count, I don't count much of what I do up here because I believe that, 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 when you're walking down the street or the grocery store or somebody you know or somebody that you have an acquaintance or a neighbor, I, I feel like that's the stuff that requires your nerves to get out of the way. That's the stuff that your insecurities will try to stop you from doing. I could not help but preach. Like when I walk up here, it's just, it's just me being the real me. I didn't make me, God made me. Do I study to show myself approved? Yeah. But this, this, this is the place where I just go and go, okay, I'm gonna let it fly. But all the insecurities and all those other things, when you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out how to stir, how to steer the conversation towards Jesus one on one, one on three, that's the stuff that's really challenging. But here, here's what I found in, in my, you know, short, I'm 40 now. I know I look a lot younger. Why are y'all laughing? Anyway, in my short 40 years of serving the Lord, approximately, I have no idea when I got born again. I just know I was introduced to Jesus at a very young age. But my point is, when I share Jesus with people and I invite them to our church, when I tell someone who is moved by the power of the gospel but clearly does not have a religious dogma that our vision is to love people and point them to Christ, the reaction is, I can get with that. That's cool. But when I talk to people and they have a religious dogma and they ask me, what kind of church is your church? I'm like, a Christian church. Yeah, 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 but what kind of church? What kind of people go there? I said, what do you mean what kind of people go to my church? All kinds of people. Was it like a church for students? Is it like a church for, for families? I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, well, like what age group do you target? Those that are not dead yet. <laughs> but but what, tell me what your church is like. Okay, so we exist to love people and point them to Christ. That's what our church exists for. Okay, well, can you tell me a little bit more about it? I'm like, that's pretty much it. I'm not trying to make a light. But what I've found is people that, that, that already have a religious bend 
They want to know, they want to know every iota to know if it would, you know, they say your taste buds under a microscope are shapes. And certain shapes will fall in like a round peg in a round hole, a square peg in a, in a square hole, a star shape in a star shape. That's how they say taste buds work. So people that have a religious dogma, not just our church, but people that already have a religious dogma, they oftentimes are trying to judge, will what I want to taste fall in my taste buds? Instead of saying, if it doesn't taste good to me now, then my taste needs to change. Because believe it or not, as much as you like Bluebell, you need more broccoli than Bluebell. So your taste buds will lead you in a direction that will get you results that you don't want to have. So when it comes to the kingdom's culture, it is not about let me see what I can come and change in somebody else. Boy, I'm preaching good today. It's about how much can I change and be like him? How much can I really endure and be like him? And so when you begin to pick up the attributes of the kingdom, you begin to develop a new culture. See, the culture of the world and the culture of the kingdom are divergent. They are going in different directions at the speed of whatever is super fast for as long as the earth remains. The world is going away from God and the kingdom is trying to drive you closer to God. So what you've got to do is you have to develop a new culture when you come into the kingdom. And, and so I want to give you just a few elements of, of this culture that you have bought into. So just so I know who I'm talking to, if you're born again, you love Jesus, you're, you're a Christian, just wave at me. Cool. Two people. So here is the first and probably the biggest kingdom element that is a part of this culture. If you're taking notes, I strongly recommend writing this down. Love is an attribute of this kingdom. But the problem is when I say love, if you don't know what the Bible says, you might be picturing one woman and 30 men and a bunch of roses. You might be picturing the affinity that you have for a kitten on the side of the road. Nothing wrong with loving cats. They're harder to love than dogs, but I wouldn't call it wrong. <laughs> but you can't let the world define what love is for you. Or you'll drag the world's version of love into this new kingdom. And instead of adapting to this culture, you'll be trying to drag this other culture into the culture that God has already established. And then you'll live the rest of your life frustrated because nobody else wants to get down with the way that you think. Because the way that you think is based off the way that you feel instead of based off of what the Bible actually says. And then you'll find the handful of people that will think the way that you think. And then you'll click up and then everybody else is wrong. See, I've been a Christian a long time. I know how this whole thing works. You click up and then all of a sudden it's, I like them, but here's the three things I don't like about them. 
Oh, I appreciate that, but here's the four things that I don't like about it. And instead of loving people and pointing them to Christ, you're loving Christ and pointing at people. I don't know. Dismissed? (laughs) This is what happens in the kingdom when you try to drag other cultures into the kingdom. If you go to Louisiana, you better believe there's going to be some spice on the food. It's a part of their culture. But if you go to Minnesota and you eat at a Cajun's house, that same spice will have traveled north all the way up to Minnesota and found its way into their pantry. And when you take a bite of what you just thought was baked chicken, you're going to find out it's baked chicken on fire. Not because they're in Louisiana, but because somebody from Louisiana is in Minnesota. In other words, the culture of the kingdom goes where a kingdom citizen goes. That's why God didn't snatch you up and take you to heaven the instant you got born again. It's because he wants you to be a cultural impact unit or a cultural impact agent while you're here. So instead of sounding and talking like the world and loving like the world, you actually start loving like the kingdom. And now people start to see that even though you are in the world, wait a minute, you're not of the world. Even though that Cajun is in Minnesota, come on somebody, they're not of Minnesota. And the reason you know is because their culture is different than where they are. So love is a kingdom attribute that is a massive part of the culture of the kingdom. So we got to know what is love. I'm going to go very quickly over a few verses. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to read in the new uh, in the new uh, uh, new English translation just for the sake of time. Starting in verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious, love does not brag. Love is not puffed up. Love is not arrogant. That's what it's saying. Love doesn't swell up and look down. The Bible says he hates haughty eyes, eyes that look down on people. Love is patient. That means if you're not being patient and you say you're you're loving somebody, it's just not true. So patience has to be an attribute of your culture or you're dragging a different culture into the kingdom that already has a culture established. It's not rude. Isn't that wild that that's in the Bible? It's, it's not. It, King James says it doesn't behave unseemly. It's not rude. You can't just walk around and be rude and then be like, I'm a Christian. You may go to heaven, but you're not acting like Christ. And he said, act like Christ. The reason that, it, that, that, that we don't have more churches than we have bars and strip clubs is because a lot of times you can get more honesty out of a bar than you can get out of a bunch of Christians. Because a Christian will use every reason imaginable that they can put a loosely uh, quoted scripture on to justify why they're arrogant, rude, puffed up, and looking down on somebody else. In other words, you've drugged the world's culture 
into the kingdom and you're just picking and choosing the culture that you like based off of how you feel in a given moment. If you've never told your mouth to shut up, then you've probably never crucified your flesh because your mouth always wants to have the last word. It's not rude. It's not self-serving. Here's one. It's not easily angered or resentful. If you're easily angered, it is time. It is past time for you to repent and stop talking about your temper as if it is some uncomparable beast. The devil is a liar. Speak to the mountain. Tell it to be removed. Stop walking around mad all the time. Who are you mad at anyway? Why? You, you can't just be mad and resentful. I can't believe well, they didn't work half as hard as I did, but they got everything given to them, blah, 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 blah. What's that doing for you? It's like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt them. Easily angered. You can't, you can't be walking in love and easily angered. There's a time for anger. It's not very often BT-dub. Jesus, we see him get a little frustrated from time to time. One time in three years, he got physical. Once. That doesn't mean every three years you have a pass. Is that what I'm saying? Some of you guys were like, click, got it. Set a reminder on, Siri, remind me to get mad in three years from right now, over now. Scheduled. You want to be free? You got to love, but you can't use the world's version of love and act like you can carry it into the kingdom. Love doesn't easily get angered. Love, love is not, it's not resentful. It's not glad about injustice. Love rejoices in truth. Verse seven, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and listen to this, endures all things. You're gonna have to endure some stuff if you walk in love. Last verse we're gonna read here. Love never fails. That's King James. Most translations say this, or some translations say this, love never ends. So even your enemy, like you can't, you can't biblically hate somebody just because you don't like them. Doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, go eat tacos with them, whatever. But you can't, you can't just act like I'm going to turn my love off now. Because your life is not your own. You have been purchased. Let's say that again. Your life is not your own anymore if you're a Christian. Many people are trying to drag their own agendas into the kingdom Instead of saying, all of my agendas are subject to the kingdom. And what happens is, is your, your entire life, when you lay all of it over, when you put all of it on the altar of God, 
you will find depths that are already inside you that you didn't know you have when it comes to love. Elements of grace. Elements of forgiveness. Some of you, some of you, and I'm just hearing this in my spirits while I'm saying it, you need to forgive yourself. Like you, you can't, You can't give everybody, you can't give me grace and then measure yourself by the law. You can't give your neighbor grace and then measure yourself by the law. What will happen is is it's a false sense of, of humility whenever you're judging yourself consistently or constantly. You should certainly pay attention to your actions and do some inventory. But but if you're still worrying about what you did 10 years ago as if God is holding it in the balance, then you're not trusting the blood of Jesus to do what the blood of Jesus can do. So you've got to give yourself the same grace that you're willing to give somebody else. Remember he says, love your neighbor as yourself. You 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 got to you got to realize you're a part of this thing. And I'm not talking about some greasy grace, loosey goosey stuff. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus covers everything you've ever done. And the enemy wants to constantly remind you of what you've done to try to get you in shame because the moment you're in shame, you hesitate to worship, you hesitate to be at the house of God, you hesitate to share Jesus, you hesitate to pray other than saying, "Oh God, I'm so terrible, I'm so terrible." The disciples didn't talk like that. They said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've been baptized and I am clothed in him. And I will boldly walk into the throne room of grace and make my request known unto him. Because I'm not going to sit here and act like the blood of Jesus has somehow lost its power. Just because I remembered something I did 25 years ago. You got to let grace be grace in your life too. This is love. Somebody say amen. amen. Flip over to 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4. We're just going to go through a few. We're, we're, I'm helping you define, or actually the word of God is helping us define what love is in this kingdom. So we can understand the culture we're attached to. Uh, for, uh, 1 John 4 and verse 10. Herein is love. Now, if you can read that. It says, I'm about to tell you what love is. This is love. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. One translation says, not that we love God first, but that God loved us first. So love is not reciprocating love. Herein is love. Love is first loving Sometimes I get real strategic with people that I'm trying to win to the Lord. And usually I go after the nastiest one I can find. Somebody that's just rude and arrogant. Doesn't have to always be that way. But I like to do it that way. And I've found that if you'll just first love them, because they'll know we are Christ ones by our love. So we can't just wait until somebody gets born again and then start loving them. Now, I'm going to love everybody to say, of course you are. Everybody's going to do that. Can you love the one who's forgotten and doesn't understand why they always feel so alone? 
Can you love the one who has harmed you? Can you love first? Because the Bible says, herein, this is love. That he first loved us. Somebody say first. Our volunteer team, everybody who pulls the wagon at New Heights Church is called the first touch team. Because long before they ever hear New Heights music, which by the way is rocking. Long before they ever drop their baby off in the nursery and see how nice everybody is in there. They got to park their car. And right now, we are on the struggle bus when it comes to a parking lot. But that's going to change. Somebody's got to love them first. We don't know what they've been through. I've had people tell me I've driven to the church and just didn't have the courage to get out. Until one day, I finally drove up and I had the courage to come out of my car. We don't know what it takes for somebody to get here. We don't know what happened to them or didn't happen to them or what lie they believed about God or God's people. So we can't wait to determine if they are valuable enough for us to divvy out some of our love from our love bank. We have to first, somebody say first. We have to first love them. Flip over one chapter, chapter number five. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And, oh, by the way, His commandments are not grievous. One translation says they don't weight us down. So if, if you want to jump in this kingdom and grab the culture and want to start talking about love, you have to understand the love of God is keeping His commandments. Doing what the Word says. Let's, let's just make it in, in layman's terms today. Doing what the Word of God says. So you can say that you love all day long. But if you knowingly and actively are going against the Word of God consistently, you are not walking in love in that area. Because love is following the Word of God. If, you're, if your spouse asks you to do something and you don't do it, you are not walking in an area of love there. It's a request. You didn't do it. And now all of a sudden, there's friction that didn't have to be there. When you don't do what God's Word says, it creates friction in your relationship with God. But, oh, by the way, He does not change. You do. So you're the one feeling the friction. You're the one feeling the hesitancy. And the reality is, is because you did not love in the area of following after His Word. So the more you follow after His Word, the more opportunity you have to walk with Him through your trials, through your struggles, through your situations, instead of constantly feeling alone, which is the lie of the devil. Because you're not alone. Somebody say, I'm not alone. You're not alone. But when you want to love according to kingdom culture, you, when you want to love according to kingdom culture, you absolutely, you absolutely have to get to the place where you put effort into following after His Word. Turn over to second. Turn over to Second John chapter number one. 
going to verse 6. I was talking to Pastor LaShun Lambert today. The, uh, the move of God happening in the Pacific Northwest is incredible. And every person that tithes, offers, and partners with this ministry is a partaker of that grace. Because we have, we have uh, been with them since the very beginning. And we celebrate every victory they have. And we take up every challenge they have uh, as if it were our own. Uh, so while you're believing God and you're calling, you're calling uh, on the name of the Lord on behalf of Pastor LaShun Lambert and Resurrection Church Auburn, be believing God for their new building. I'm not free to say everything that I know because it's not mine to say, but I'm telling you the hand of God is doing it. You know, it's hard to get land and things. It can be hard to get land and things like that where we live, but in those radically densely populated areas like that, so much is just already built out and God is doing an absolute miracle. Matter of fact, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Resurrection Church, Pastor LaShun and Kadisha Lambert. I thank you for the will of God coming to pass in their life. I thank you for a debt free building where they can gather. And I thank you, Lord God, for uh, transforming lives through the power of God's love right there at resurrection. In Jesus' name, come on, let's give God a hand of praise. (laughs) Pastor LaShawn, if you watch this, we love you. Kadisha, we love you very much. We're thrilled about what God is doing. Second John chapter one, verse six. Listen to this. This is love. Do, Do you have a theme yet? This is love. You don't get to dictate what love is. That we walk after his commandments. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't say this is obedience. It doesn't say this is a good idea. It doesn't say some do, some don't. It says this is love and you will know, they will know we are Christians by our So you want to act like holiness is an option in the kingdom of almighty God? Holiness is not an option in the kingdom of Almighty God. The lack of holiness is what got Lucifer flung from heaven like lightning from the sky. You got to pursue God with your whole heart. Your whole heart. When you come to Jesus, you, this, I feel this so much in my spirit right now. You got to get to the place where there's nothing you won't do for the kingdom of Almighty God. Forget about all these things that you're carrying in. Say, well, I'm going to tiptoe. I'm going to put one foot. I'm going to put one foot in. I'm going I'm to put my left arm in, put my left arm out. I'm going to shake it all about. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. That is over. That is old stuff. This is kingdom, culture, lifestyle changing, overwhelming. Let's do do it all for the kingdom. And a part of love is that we walk after his commandments. You want your kids to follow God? You want your kids to abstain from sin? You ready? Here's the revelation. Don't sin and follow after God. I know, I know, I know, like medicine's hard to take, but I'm telling you, this is what the Bible says. I'm not even really preaching it. I'm just reading out loud what the Word of God says on the big screen. Love walks after His commandments. Well, I don't know if I want to do all that. Well, don't, but don't act like you're loving God. It's a free country. At least it used to be. You're free to do whatever you want, but this is the kingdom's culture. So, so adapt. 
put on the, 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 put on the robe of righteousness and let's go. But don't, don't just be trying to change. Well, I don't know about that. Well, why don't you start talking about what you do know? How about that? If you tell somebody what you know from the scripture, you'll never run out of content. Even if you're saying the same thing over and over and over again. Because the, if you know John 3.16, you know enough to get the whole world saved 20 times. But if all you want to do is bat around the idea of, well, I mean, Jesus, did he walk through the wall when he came in there where the disciples were? Did he not walk through the wall? How exactly did it happen? Let me tell you something. You can ask him when you get there. But I'm going to tell you what he's going to ask you about. What did you do with what I gave you? That's what he's going to ask you about. So if you're so focused on on trying to adjust everybody around you, I want to adjust my church. I want to adjust this. And, and it's not, no, nothing's going on here, so don't mishear anything. I'm just saying, you, you, you get so focused on all these ideas of adjusting everything when you realize the wrench should not be pointed this way. It should be pointed this way. You're supposed to let the word of God adjust you first. Because that's love. You follow after his commandments. Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Then he said, oh, by the way, love your neighbor like you love yourself. What's the most important commandment? Love the Lord your God with every part of who you are. That's really cool, but the question I have just trying to be reasonable, I know I'm from East Texas, so that's hard for me to do. What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. It's not boastful. Love is not rude. It's not resentful. It's not puffed up. It doesn't show an end. Love is following His commandments. Love is walking after His commandments. So when you come in the kingdom, you don't get to tell Him what love is. He tells you what love is. And when you take the responsibility of knowing everything off of your mind and off of your shoulders and just say, I'm going to walk in this word as long as I'm alive. The freedom that you can walk in. I know people that if they lost $10 million today, they wouldn't even know it. But they have no peace. I know other people that from the outside looking in, it looks like everything's going right, but they have no peace. But when you start walking in this culture, and I mean really walking in it, I wasn't going to, but I'm I'm going to jump ahead. Don't turn there just for the sake of time. Let me just say this. In the book of Hosea, you can look it up later in chapter 4. It says, 
my people perish, is God talking, for a lack of knowledge. We, the, the definition of a lack of knowledge is ignorance. He said, my people are consumed and perish because of ignorance. Because of what they don't know. I would just word it like this tonight. People have tried to drag their old culture into this new kingdom and it has kept them restricted and all the while their peace is being consumed and the reason it's being consumed is because of a lack of knowledge which by definition is ignorance I'm a little bit of a nerd so I like to know where words come from Ignorance is kind of two words. Ignore, ants, A-N-C-E. Ignore means to refuse to take notice of. To disregard intentionally. Or to fail to consider. A-N-C means the quality or state or action or or process of furthering an action. In other words, ignorance, when you break it down, means that you are disregarding intentionally. You are in the process of failing to consider or you are in the state of refusing to take notice to a thing. You're not responsible for what you know. You're responsible for what is available to be known that you have ignored see it gets a lot easier to ignore it year after year and it gets super easy to ignore it if you're only around people that have the same color as you too much Jake just checking it's a lot easier to ignore things when everybody around you already has the same mindset you have because now you just all think you're right all the time You know why? Because nobody ever tells you you're not. So you, not you, but you live in a state or a process of intentionally disregarding what the word actually says. And then you wonder why I'm stuck in the same cycle over and over and over again. I love it when I would talk about David. Like, David, man, he's always in struggles. I can relate. David, he was always in struggle. David went from being a shepherd to the daggum king. So if you're still having shepherd problems, year after year after year after year after year after year after year, and you hadn't graduated to some king problems... There's a good chance you're in a state of ignore ants. A perpetual, consistent attempt to ignore what is reality. This makes sense. Somebody say, not me. 
So when you come in this kingdom, it's Wednesday night. I know your heart, and I'm with you. And believe me, believe me. When I read this stuff, it hits me. We can't define what God is. We have to find out how he defined himself. We can't define what love is. We have to find out what love is. And love is being like Jesus, not just liking Jesus. A lot of atheists like Jesus. They just don't like Christians. Or some don't like Christians, I tell you. But you can't can't sit and try to enunciate this new thing. You have to find out what is the new thing. And then just become a part of it. So here's your homework. Whatever God says, do it. If he says love your neighbor, then find a way to love your neighbor. If he says love is not quickly angered, if you're married, you ought to ask your spouse, hey, can you help me? Can you help me see what I might be in an ignorant state on? Because if we ignore our own behavior and activity long enough, we can't see it anymore. And a callus forms. A callus on your hand, if you work with your hands, a callus on your hand doesn't mean that a sensation is not there. It means that you can no longer feel it because of how often that sensation has been there. So if there's some areas in your life where you need some some help noticing it, if you have a spouse, a friend, somebody that you can say, hey, somebody that you can trust, don't just do it with everybody. Somebody you can trust, hey man, I'm trying to do better in this this area or I'm trying to find an area I can do better in and if you really want to get crazy, you can ask God, God, is there anything about me that I should be changing right now? Anybody that ever tells me they're having trouble hearing from God, that's what I tell them to pray. (laughs) I've never had heaven be quiet whenever I ask him, what can I do better? How can I change? It's almost like Gabriel gets a megaphone. Because that's who we really are. As citizens of a different kingdom. And even though we're not there yet, just like the Cajun in Minnesota, we ought to be carrying that culture with us everywhere that we go so that people will know we're in the world. We're not of this world. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.